Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. I'm your host, Bella, and I'm so excited that it's Sunday. Well, it's not Sunday today, technically it's Thursday, but you know, by the time you're reading this, I'm expecting you to be sat in bed with a coffee. I'm expecting you to be ready to go on a lovely walk, going to go buy yourself some flowers, going to do something lovely for yourself today. I feel like it's going to be a very nice Sunday. This is what I'm manifesting, like that typical coffee shop Sunday morning. I never make it to a coffee shop on a Sunday, and I feel like the moment I do will be the moment I think I have my shit together. That will be the day. Maybe this week's the week. Who knows? I mean, you'll see on my Instagram stories whether or not it happens. And you will know that I have my shit together then if I do. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I just had to run downstairs because all of a sudden I could hear this squeaking. It's like little high-pitched squeaking. That's Lottie's noise. That's the noise she makes when she's annoyed or upset or just craving attention because she's a little attention whore. Like, I'm sorry, that dog needs attention like no one I have ever met in my entire, entire life. And I just walked downstairs and like, she sat on the landing, laying perfectly still, just staring at my door, staring at the door. So I've gone to go put it downstairs and I can already hear her start to cry. So if you hear her start howling, that is not my fault. I am very sorry, but she is in like a disastrous mood at the moment. Yet this morning, I came downstairs and I worked the entire shift with her in the kitchen, was there, cuddled her on my breaks, went and played outside with her. You know what? Like gave her proper... I was there for her. She ate my lip balm. She ate my lip balm. All of a sudden, on the floor, these little white plastic bits. I was like, what's that? Then I saw the wrapper. And it was like, it was a nice lip balm as well. I don't know what I did to deserve that. But like, there was just no need. So that's the type of disastrous mood she's in. I told you I'd give you the update on her. It's not going well, to be honest. It's not going well. When it was really hot, that was a disaster. I couldn't even take her for a walk. So you can imagine the annoyingness that she was then. I just... This dog needs a whole new level of attention. She just... She howls. Earlier, I came upstairs for 15 minutes. 15 minutes to record a video howled for me. Like, not a little howl either. Like, a proper howl. You're probably going to hear it on this podcast whilst I'm recording, so you're welcome. Earlier, I went for a wee. She cries outside the door for me. Like, this dog has some serious anxiety issues. I, I don't know what happened, but she just needs constant human attention. I don't know if it's because. Maybe she's not seeing my mum and maybe that's what she's missing her, so now she's clinging on to me for dear life, which is kind of cute, I can't lie. But then, you know, it's like... It's this boundary. She is really cute and, like, very attentive. Loads of cuddles and everything like that. But, like, it gets a bit much sometimes. I just... I need to record this episode anyway. This is not a rant on my dog. She's lovely. She's just a lot of effort. But anyway, I should probably give you a life update, really, about what I've been doing. Well, the past two days, I can't lie, I've had a very boring two evenings. I've been intensely cleaning the house like nobody's business. Like, I have been cleaning like there is no fucking tomorrow. There is not an inch of this house that is not clean now. (coughs) Oh, sorry, I just choked on like something. I'm really hoping it wasn't a fly, but we're going to ignore that. I have been cleaning like there is no tomorrow. There is no part of the house that is not clean. When mum and dad come back, I always get stressed about the house. So I've made sure that's nice. And also I have friends coming to stay this weekend. So that's really exciting. And I wanted the house to be nice. I have this real thing about people feeling comfortable in my environment and like I want to make sure that they feel comfortable and I always feel so much more comfortable and welcome when the house is nice and tidy and clean and just you know like they've made an effort for you being there I feel like that makes a real like massive difference and so that was my job for today but you know when I kind of let the kitchen slide a little bit like I'd kept on top of it but I hadn't done everything every single day because that's a lot of effort like I've got other things to be doing so it, it's been taking, it's taken its toll, it's taken its time, but finally did the bathrooms today, we're in the home straight now, just got to ho- hoover my bedroom floor, and we are finished, so that has been successful, <gasps> I had the loveliest weekend I've ever had in my entire life, I had the loveliest weekend, it, it honestly, it was brilliant, it was absolutely, it was a lovely anniversary weekend. I don't think I've had a nice anniversary like that before. And it was really, really nice. So on the Saturday, unfortunately, my boyfriend was working. We move, it's just, it is what it is. But it actually meant that I could be hung over in bed for multiple hours. And I then had to record last week's podcast episode, which I am sorry if it's a bit slow. 
If the words don't come to me that quickly, there were multiple pauses. I wish you could hear the outcuts. I might make it into its own podcast episode of just for, just for, just funniness, really, because the amount of times I was like, hi, and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. And I was just like, why am I breathing so deeply? What's happened? This is awful. I had to give myself a proper pep talk. I had to get my shit together. I had to drink a coffee. I was like, come on. They're relying on you. We're going to make an episode. And you know what? I actually think it turned out pretty well. It it turned out pretty great. I'm, I'm pleased with it. But yeah, Saturday was lovely. Went out. It was brilliant. Um, You all heard about that. And then recorded the podcast. And then on Saturday night, I made... I say I. There was not a lot of me in this. It was a barbecue. Barbecue is not my strong point, okay? I am better in the kitchen. You put me on a barbecue, I cannot cook meat to save my life. I think it's because my parents are veggie. And so I was brought up veggie. So I know fuck all about meat. I know nothing. My boyfriend, however, he can do it. So that was fine. It was delicious. And we sat outside and we drank rosé and wine. And it was very, it was like a very wholesome Saturday night. I just, I enjoyed it. It was lovely. And then on Sunday, it was just kind of like a cute morning. Oh my God, I can tell you all about the present. I can tell you all about the present, I think. This is one of the nicest presents I've ever done for anyone ever in my entire life. And I all give you all permission to steal it. So one of the things I'm going to talk about this later on, but I really, I struggle with, this is so ironic. I struggle with talking about how I feel. Hmm. I hear you laughing. I hear you saying, but you have a podcast. Hmm. I see the irony too. It's not lost on me. I, it, it frustrates a lot of people. I find it very easy to talk to the podcast. I find it very easy to talk to all of you. I find it so easy to talk to the videos. I literally find it so easy to do all of that. Talking to a proper person about how I feel, however, no, absolutely not. And anyway, I'm going to get into that in the actual podcast episode today. I don't want to give it all away, but I'm pretty shit at talking. And so I wrote loads of letters. I wrote 10 letters, each with like a different topic about how I felt about something. And it was a good plan. It was just nice that like each of them had like a little statement on it, like the moment I knew I'd fallen in love with you or how I've changed since I met you. Like all of these things that I will never, ever be able to say out loud because I'm just shit at talking about how I feel. It's just not my forte. Writing how I feel, however, that feels like a podcast episode. I could record a podcast about it. I could do that. I just, it's the face to face interaction stresses me out. And so... That was a really good present idea. It went down a tree and I really liked it. I felt like it was a very meaningful one. So yeah, feel free to, maybe I should copyright this. I got these letters of Etsy and these like, this lady. Realistically, I could have just made them myself. When they arrived, I did think maybe I could have, should have made this myself. But it is what it is. They were like these big letters and they came and like she stamped on the messages that you wanted on the front so you could have anything on them. And I found that that was a lovely idea. If I'd have had more time, and if you are stealing this idea, I did think that you could put photos in that, like, made it more meaningful and, like, memories that you associated with that part. But, yeah, I ran out of time, so that did not happen. Also, I realised I have too many photos to go through them all. I have 23,000 photos. That gives me anxiety. How... This is my thing. I don't know which ones to delete. I don't know which ones I'm ever going to need. I don't know which ones I'm going to want to show people one day. What if I think something's important later on and I've deleted it? So I just don't delete anything. But realistically, I don't think I need my 17,000 videos of the sea and 8,000 pictures of flowers. Like, there probably is a limit and I probably should clean up my phone before I go to Bali because that will be a photo opportunity. But anyway... That was my present idea. <laughs> Steal it if you want to. I thought it was excellent. I, it it was great. It went down a tree. But anyway, then we went to York and we went for paella and I have never had paella. I know that's not how you say it. I'm not going to say it how you really say it because I just can't say it right and I'm going to sound like a dick and yeah, no, that's not happening. I appreciate that it's not correct though. Just wanted to acknowledge that there. So, paella. Never had it before. Had it once, my uncle, family friend, someone made it. Wasn't my cup of tea. Not a massive fish eater. I like fish, but I don't like seafood. Well, I'm a changed woman. It was delicious. It had chicken, rice, squid, 
prawns, vegetables, like honestly a lot of stuff in and it was incredible. 10 out of 10 would recommend the eating experience and it was a lovely little Spanish restaurant in York. I don't know if any of you are in the UK or are even in the north of the UK or even near York so maybe too specific to share but if you are let me know and I'll give you the name of the restaurant because it was delicious but yeah Lou was driving so he couldn't drink but I could drink so I just got drunk and yeah it was lovely I had a lovely day and it was so sunny and warm because this was pre-heat wave guys this was the day before the heat wave this was like the day which just lovely temperatures so that was a very nice experience I also made for breakfast eggs benedict beautiful beautiful I did overcook the eggs but it was lovely and delicious and I will be doing that again. The sauce from the packet is definitely the one to buy. Never bother making it yourself. It just doesn't turn out nice unless you're an exceptional cook. But I am not that level yet. So yeah, no. But anyway, moving on. Then we had Monday. Monday is when the heat really hit. A couple of you messaged me as well about the heat wave. I don't think... This was a whole new level of hot. This was weird for the UK. Like, do you know what I mean? It should not be 40 degrees in the UK. That is not okay. And it kind of scares me a bit because that is definitely global warming. It's the most obvious sign of global warming we've ever seen. And no one's really taking global warming seriously still. I don't know how people are not either. Like, it's so obvious that this is happening and still we ignore it. But anyway, this is not a global warming rant. This is just a, I had to sit on the island for eight hours eight hours on this little bar stool because Lottie's too anxious to be left on her own so I can't go and sit on my desk so I have to sit in the kitchen and I was just there and I was all sticky and I was sweating and it got so hot that my monitor like the screen behind my laptop it started peeling away at the sides okay peeling away the screen has started to detach from the led light and I don't know what to do about that I work in tech, but I do not know how to fix things like that. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm a, I, I don't do things like that in my free time. I'm not a computer person, really. Like, I'd, I've never, I don't know anything about it. So I can't fix it. So that was a slight disaster. But yeah, it was so warm. It was uncomfortably warm. And I don't really know how people live in those types of countries. I mean, I guess if they do live in those types of countries, they just... Oh my god, I thought my phone was charging that entire time and it was on 3% and we were about to die. I could have lost the entire podcast. I'm such an idiot. Moving on. How people live in those types of countries. I guess you guys have AC. That would have been a blessing. Falling asleep on Monday night with my boyfriend next to me and it was just so sticky and still and there was no breeze and I was so hot and I oh it was just the most uncomfortable sleeping experience I've had for a while has made me nervous for Bali I cannot lie I'm hoping that's going to be breezy and less warm than that because 40 degrees is uncomfortable oh and then waking up the next day and it got worse it just got so much worse luckily I live on the coast so we had a bit of a sea breeze it kind of broke it up a little bit but still it was bad it was so hot Lottie was just dying bless her she was not She's not made for that type of heat. I froze a hot water bottle for her. So that was an excellent tip brought to me by my nana. So use that if you want to use it. But yeah, she loved it. It was great. But yes, then I finished work on the hottest day of the year so far ever in the history of the UK. And luckily, this is when living at the beach really came into its own. I went down to the beach. I laid out my towel. Of course, this is the UK. So like the sand is still wet and cold. Like it's not like the Bali beaches or anything like that. It's not golden sands, but it was sand. And so I laid down my towel, I read my book, I journaled, I went swimming. It was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. And yeah, I just enjoyed the entire experience, really. It was great. Like, one of my friends worked at one of the bars on the beach, so I went and saw them. And yeah, my best friend came down and she brought a boyfriend who I've never met before. And yeah, you know, it was just a very, very nice Tuesday. Did feel wrong getting drunk on a Tuesday, It did, okay? It did feel wrong. But I just thought, when is it going to be 40 degree heat ever again? Never, never, ever, ever. So sometimes we've got to grasp these opportunities that are handed to us by life. Oh, God, sleeping that night. Because I got drunk, like, well, I didn't get drunk. I got tipsy. I had like two or three drinks. It was pretty pathetic, to be honest. But 
it happened very early on. I stopped drinking at like 8.30 because I had work the next day and I didn't want to be hungover, which meant that hangover hit at like 9, 10, 11, 12 whilst I was trying to get to sleep and whilst it was so clammy and still and oh, I felt rough. I can't lie. It was, it was very, very uncomfortable. But being honest, as many good things as have happened this week and as much as I've enjoyed the week and like I've been to the beach and like I've been at work and the anniversary and everything, like mentally it hasn't been a great week and I don't want to lie about it. It's not lying, like I still think you can have good things happen whilst you're not feeling your best. I think if you have to feel your best in order for good things to happen, then you're going to miss out on so many things and you've got to like appreciate your things even if you're not feeling on top form. But yeah, it hasn't been the best week. I've been feeling really, really anxious and I don't know, it's not normally like this anxious that I feel. I feel like it happens in waves. I haven't felt like this for quite a few months now and it's kind of come back and it's hit me with some force. The past three days have been very, very uncomfortable, which is kind of the topic of this week's podcast. So as I said, the topic of this week's podcast was kind of inspired by how I've been feeling the past few days because the past few days have been pretty rough and I have not enjoyed them. And I think dealing with these types of things, it's good for me to talk about them as soon as they happen, like very, very recently, because it's easy when you're far away from a situation for your perspective to be kind of skewed on it, to remember it in a very easy rose tinted way. Just feel like, oh, just wake up, read your book, go for a walk and it'll all be great and you'll get out of your rut and that'll be fine. Guys, I've tried that the past three days and it was not fine in the slightest. So let me let me take you through. I think it kind of really started on Monday and Tuesday and it hit its like it raised its head yesterday like an angry spot on Wednesday and now I'm feeling better. This always happens. It's like I'm kind of like I feel like I'm iffy. I can feel it coming the week before, but I can kind of squash it down and maintain like fineness. And then something happens and then I wake up anxious. And as soon as I start waking up anxious, I know it's going to be a bad week or something like something's not under control. And that's what happened on Monday. Then I woke up anxious again on Tuesday and then on Wednesday. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What was the reason behind it? I wish I could tell you. I don't know what the reason was behind it. I think it was probably a cumulative effect of not sleeping very well because of the heat. Sleep really affects your emotional stability. Like when you're asleep, this is such an interesting fact. When you're asleep, that's when your body clears itself of toxins emotional toxins as well. It's like when you're sleeping, it's an emotional brain bath. That is how why sleep is so important. It drains the stress out of you, literally. It drains the anxiety out of you. It clears your system of those feelings. Like I read that. I either listened to it in one of Jay Shetty's podcasts or I read it in a book. I can't remember where, but it was a reliable source. And as soon as I read that, I was like, right, sleep is very important. And obviously the past few days with the heat and everything, I haven't really been having much sleep. So that was definitely one of the contributing factors. I think... I let that start and because I wasn't sleeping well I woke up anxious and I let the anxiety dominate and normally I do as many things as I can to shake it out of me like to shake the anxiety away I did all of the things I was meant to do I went on Monday I went for a run I did a workout I took Lottie with me I journaled I did my podcasting do you know what I mean like I stayed on track but it was really hard because I just didn't really feel present with it all. It's not what I wanted to do. I just knew that I had to do. And I'm glad I have that part of me in me that knows when even when like shit hits the fan that I am able to complete these things that I need to complete. I know you don't have to work out. I'm not saying like that. But for me, if I don't work out, I I get a lot more anxious. So I knew that at least that would help. It's been proven to that you can shake anxiety out of you. It doesn't make it go forever, but it really helps relieve some of the symptoms. And so now when I feel anxious, I'm very conscious of the fact that I need to move my body. I need to do that. That's something that makes me feel better. Journaling makes me feel more in touch with myself, like makes me feel like I have a better inner dialogue, which can make the thoughts run a bit less rampant. So that can be really good as well. So I journaled. I did all that. It was fine. And then I just, it would be little things that just kind of set me off. And It'd be a constant anxiety and I'm really good at faking it to people around me. I'm really good at pretending like everything's fine and then something will get in my head and all of a sudden I just feel like I'm going to burst into tears. 
And on Tuesday, it was really quite... Yeah, yesterday, it was really quite bad. I feel like yesterday, I started work and I already felt anxious. I'd already, like... I'd been moody to my boyfriend. I'd been, like, argumentative, which is what I get like when I'm anxious. We'll get like this. We'll discuss this in the next part. But I was just being moody and argumentative. And, like, not argumentative, no. I'm never really argumentative when I'm anxious. I'm moody and very stubborn and very quiet. Very quiet. Which is heavily ironic, saying I run a podcast. But I was really anxious and quiet in the morning. And then I went to work and it was like a good day at work. But I didn't understand something. And then the imposter syndrome really started to set in. And all of a sudden I was having to explain something to someone. And I genuinely thought I was going to cry. I genuinely thought I was going to burst into tears. I had to pause drink my water, be like, you need to calm the fuck down, we're in a meeting right now, like, you can't, you're professional now, you cannot cry in a meeting, that's not an okay response, and I really had to be, like, quite firm with myself to be like, get a grip, you're okay, you cannot let this emotion control your life, that was one of the best things that the chimp paradox taught me, it's like, you need to have that in a dialogue with yourself to be able to control your emotions and not let them control you, and it's something that I'm constantly working on, but kind of was proud of myself of how I acted in that situation because it was a kind of make or break situation because I don't want to cry in front of everyone. That's not that there's anything wrong with crying, but I think that crying is a very kind of like intimate and it's you're very vulnerable when you cry. And sometimes when you cry around people who you don't feel comfortable with, then you regret it and then that only leads to more anxiety and stress. So not that there's anything wrong with crying around people, but think I knew I'd feel worse if I did that because I was around people that that's not really appropriate you know it's not it's not really what we should be doing right in that moment and so that kind of set in and then I was oh this is when it all kicked off yesterday when I say kicked off for some people when they have like a bit of like a breakdown quite part I don't know they get cross or they shout or something happens for me I cry but not just like a little cry like I will sob proper sob sob like a really really sob and it's horrible and it's embarrassing it's not embarrassing I uh, right that's something I need to stop doing it's not embarrassing that I cry I find it's like everyone else has more I feel like it's a childish response to things and it's not and I know it's not and if any of you lot told me that I'd be so pissed off at you all so it's not a childish response it's fine to cry but yeah no I just cry which yeah it's what it is it's fine but I had that all day and you know when you're just feeling on edge I just felt like I was going to burst into tears at any moment and just I was just was not in control of my emotions they as much as I was like telling them not to make me cry in front of people I was just not there like I was so sensitive to things people were saying to me things like and everything I was sensitive to absolutely everything so when I finished work like I cleaned the house but like it wasn't a normal cleaning I cleaned the house for three hours And I knew right then I was doing it as a distraction from how I was feeling. Almost like doom scrolling on TikTok. I was doing it as a full-on distraction from how I felt. It was not your normal type of cleaning situation. So it was just very intense. And I knew then that I was like, oh, no, we're feeling really anxious right now. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone how I was feeling. I didn't communicate to anyone. I didn't send anyone a message. I just put on a smile and said, yeah, I'm fine. When people asked me, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Everything's great. Yeah, no, I'm really, really good. And I don't know. It's, I think I've got very good at faking that I'm fine thing. Like I always just say I'm fine. I'm always fine. Everything is fine. It's always all okay. even like I can I don't know it's not I wish I was able to be more vulnerable with people about how I felt I think I don't know why I'm not able to be vulnerable with people about how I feel especially when I feel anxious it's very strange when I'm not feeling anxious I'm quite good at communicating I literally go on and on about how important communication is but when I am feeling anxious I properly close up it's like there's this gobstopper in the back of my throat and I literally cannot speak I cannot speak I will not be able to speak to you. If you ask me what's wrong, I'll say I'm fine. If you ask me, no, really, what's wrong, I'll be like, absolutely nothing. No part of me wants to discuss how I'm feeling in that moment. Like, literally not one part of me. Not one part of me. And that understandably pisses people off because it's like, you're obviously struggling. Why aren't you saying you're struggling? It's like, I just... It's my current work in progress thing. It's the biggest thing that I need to work on because it's not sustainable. It's not a way that's going to allow me to live well, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, I'll be able to live, but 
it puts a lot of pressure on those around you because they're having to read signals that indicate that you're not okay without you having to tell them. And I don't think that's fair on everyone around you. You shouldn't, they shouldn't have to be doubly worrying about you. They should have the confidence and trust to know that when you're not okay, you will tell them. When you are okay, you will tell them. And instead, I'm just lying and saying I'm fine all the time. And that's not okay. And it's not okay if you do it either. If someone you care about asks you genuinely, are you okay? They're asking because they care about you and they're asking because they're opening that door of communication. They're opening you, they're opening that door and they're saying, let me and I want to help. You're not on your own in this. Let's discuss it together. You're not on your own. But by pushing those doors, I literally just slam them shut all the time. I'm making myself more anxious, more alone, more overthinking. And I think in a weird way, it's because I'm putting my pressure on myself to be this perfect individual. I don't want to tell people how I'm feeling because I'm scared that if I tell them how I'm feeling that that will make me look less strong, that people then will judge me more, that people won't see me for who I want to be seen as, as if my anxiety is a weakness of some types but in a weird way I think it's almost like a superpower and you'll all laugh when I say that but I think because I get anxious about a lot of things, I think about a lot of things which means I overthink a lot of things but I also consider everything. I consider absolutely everything and being more emotional and more sensitive also means I pick up on how people are feeling like that. Like I can tell how you're feeling by the way you act around me. I know how you're feeling by like the energy and the atmosphere that you give off. I can just sense it. I know when someone's feeling down and I think if I let people know that when I'm feeling down then that will ruin that illusion. I've been reflecting on it a lot because it's a It's a thing that I don't know why I really struggle to communicate when I feel anxious. It's really weird. I literally have a podcast. I literally have a podcast which I can talk on on my own for an hour. And I talk about everything. Literally everything. Like I'm such an open book. And I can so easily talk on here. But it's as soon as other people are around me. And I have to talk about how I'm feeling. And what's going on with me. It's like I don't want to burden them with that. That'll ruin the illusion of me. They won't like me then. And I think it's because maybe a lot of my self-worth is based in the things that I've done and the persona I've created. And I don't think that that's me. But it is me. It's just those damaging thoughts that tell you you're not the person you are. It's weird because you can doubt yourself even though that's the person you've created. It's not an act. I was listening to a podcast earlier on. It was the Florence Given podcast. It's a really good podcast. You should listen to it if you yeah, if you get a free chance. I really like it. Um, I haven't listened to an episode before. It was just on my downloads and I was walking. So I thought, you know what? I'll give it a listen. And I really enjoyed it. And one of the concepts that they were talking about was this, this idea that we have that if you are different around different people, then that makes you being not true to yourself. But that actually being around different people, people are able to bring out different sides of you. People are able to bring out different parts of your character. They're able to bring out different sides of you. They're able to, some people will bring out quite a deep reflective part of you. I know I have friends who will have quite like deep conversations and it'll be more reflective. I also have friends who are just really funny and we'll talk about random shit and we'll just giggle and laugh and like, it's not that serious. And I also know there's people who make me feel really, really confident. And that's really exciting as well. And I'd wear clothes with them because I just feel that confidence about myself and all of these different like people bring out a different part of me and I think I used to think that or maybe I still do partly think that the person I bring out in myself isn't really me because I still like I really struggle with my self-worth I think I'm starting to realize like it's something that I think it's something that never is like, it, it It has got so much better. And I'm so like, I know I love myself. Like I know I'm a good person. Like all of these, I know that. But when shit hits the fan and when I get really anxious, I still really struggle with it. I still really struggle to be like, um, you're not fake. This is, you're all right. And it kind of leads into that imposter syndrome that I think I have in almost every part of my life. I just, I constantly feel like sometimes people will see that it's just me. It's like, I'm just like, it's it's me and I hope that that's enough. And it is enough because it's not just me. I am everything that I've created. Like the TikTok and the podcast, they are me. It's not just an illusion, a chameleon. It's not like I'm making someone else sit here and record the episode. That is genuinely me and my thought processes. And if people like them, then that's incredible. And if they don't, that's also okay. But it is me. It's not fake. And I think 
The same with the way place I work and with my degree and everything like that. It's really easy to think that it's not you, that you're just an imposter in the situation. But you've got to remember that you got yourself there. You got yourself there. There was something about you that they loved. And I think it's kind of the thing I struggle at. If I'm not perfect at everything, I think I'm brilliant at nothing. I think that like, oh, I'm a phony. I'm not really like, they've just like, I've managed to fake this. This is a fluke. But what a... What a way to look at everything you've done for yourself in the past. When I think back to how much hard work I've put in in life, like how many guys, when I tell you, I, I do not have a healthy approach to studying or working. I've realised this and I do not advertise it. And it's something I'm going to have to be very conscious of when I move to London, very conscious of, because I do not have a healthy response to working in the slightest. I'm like an all or nothing person and I will work so hard for something that I want. Like I will work so hard. I turn into a robot and it's not a good characteristic because it's not about, it doesn't involve work-life balance and I think that's dangerous. I don't think that's what life should be like. Life is about living. It's not trying to get these achievements, but I want those achievements so badly that I will literally sacrifice everything. I will pull off like 13-hour days. I will study for nine hours. I will do a lot for that, but that's not something you should do and I'm not recommending that but then I think about all of those like massive shifts of work I put in and all that effort and the extracurricular activities that I did and the degree and all of that and I'm thinking you know what no I do deserve to be here look at all of that like look what I did and you should do the same when you start feeling that imposter syndrome of why am I here I don't deserve to be here look what you did look what you have done and put yourself through Because by disregarding everything that you've put yourself through, it's just totally disregarding you as a person. It's disregarding all of those late nights, all of those times where you didn't think you could do it, all of those struggles. And it's, you'd never say that to your friend. You'd never say when they're like, oh, I feel shit about, like, I don't deserve to be here. You'd never be like, yeah, you know what? Everything you've done for the past 10 years, absolute shit. Yeah, you don't deserve to be here. You're a fluke. 10 years of effort and you're only here. Mm, No, I don't think so. No, of course you wouldn't. You'd say, no, you've worked your butts off. You have worked so hard for the past 10 years. You deserve to be here. There is nothing more that you could have done. You have done everything that you could have to put yourself in the best possible position now. And now you are reaping the rewards. And now you think you're an imposter. It's weird, isn't it? We always do all of these actions in hope for a goal. And when we finally get the goal, we think we're an imposter and we don't deserve to be there because right then and then we're forgetting the moment that we were struggling. We're forgetting the hours that we put in behind it. We're forgetting everything that went into that moment, everything that allowed that to happen. And I think that's one of the saddest things about the anxiety of everything. It's kind of, it's taking away everything that I did to make that happen. It's taking away all of that. And I just think it's important to remember where you came from, where you did it, your journey on where you've been. I think that's been one of the biggest things that I need to start with the imposter syndrome in particular is like writing down almost the things that you've gone through, the things that make you, you, the things that you've really, really had to work hard for, the reasons why you deserve to be there and write them down because in that moment where you're feeling that imposter syndrome and it can get really overwhelming, it's really important to have some clarifying facts about, yes, you know what, you do deserve to be here, you're okay. In my book that I'm reading at the moment, one of the ways is to deal with this like kind of like negativity. I don't want to discuss too much about the inner voice because it's an entire podcast episode on its own that I'm going to release in a couple of weeks. Two weeks, I think I'll finish the book by then. So two weeks. So I don't want to discuss too much about it. But one way of doing it is detaching yourself from the situation. Of thinking, it's, I know a lot of people have spoken about this. It's not I'm anxious, I'm feeling anxious. Okay, I don't deserve this. No, it's nothing to do with that. It's just that you are not there yet. You know, it's that kind of, I'm feeling anxious, but I am not anxious. I am not anxiety. I am okay. I'm always whole as a person. And I think on top of being able, I think if you can detach yourself from a situation and give yourself the compassion in that moment of when you are feeling really anxious, if I could have done given myself that compassion yesterday night when it all hit the fan, I think I'd have stopped myself having a bit of a meltdown. I'd have said to myself, no, you know what, you are struggling now. And that's okay that you're struggling now. It's allowed, you're allowed to struggle, it is okay. And I'd have gone down, I'd have spoken to someone and I'd have said, look, right now I'm finding it tough. And I know the people around me would have supported me with that. But instead, I bottled it up. Like the lovely person I am. 
And I bottled it up and I bottled it up and I intensely cleaned the house and I cleaned the house and I cleaned the house and then I went upstairs and cleaned the house some more and was erratic and hoovering and stressed and feeling like I was about to cry and then I went on TikTok. Oh, this is when it all kind of set me off. This is when it set me off. I went on TikTok and I was feeling very emotional, okay? Very, very emotional. And I started to, well, before I went on TikTok, actually. And I went on TikTok and I was feeling very emotional. And um, this video came up by Tom Rosen something. I'm not sure his name. He sings oh, Lights Are Out. I don't know. It's like the one with the blue background. I use it quite a lot in a lot of my videos. I'm going to tag it below here. I'm sorry. The, the, this is not important. The, the moral of the story is important. The actual, like, what the video said. And it was... It was a really sad video actually it was just kind of it it was a video and he said he'd been contacted by this family's that by this boy's family and they said uh very like tragically our son has passed away he passed away the week before i think he was in a motorcycle accident like if i'm wrong i'm sorry about that i think it was that i can't remember the absolute details um he's passed away very tragically but we just wanted to let you know that your song was the last song that you ever listened to um and I don't know, it's like, and he mentioned that this was the video, he's like, I got contacted by this family, and it turns out my song was the last song he had ever listened to, and the message that then he said, he was like, it was very, it was a very sad moment, a very tragic moment, a very poignant moment for me, because it made me realise that no matter how successful you are, no matter how many listeners you have, no matter how many views you have, no matter what you do, keep on doing it. Because you never know what your creation could be to someone. You never know that your, like this podcast could be the thing someone listens to before they go to sleep. It could be the thing that makes them happy on a day when they feel sad. It could be one of the last things they ever listen to. And the fact that my voice is that important to someone else, that made me very emotional. Because it made me... I don't know, it was just this idea of, I think we're so all focused as a society on success on the macro level. This idea that success has to be huge and massive and you have to get millions of followers and you have to be the top person. You have to like do everything to such an extreme. And obviously I do want that. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't. I don't want to manifest that into my life. I do want that, of course. But we forget why you're doing it. You're doing it for the micro level for the one people or the one person that is listening to it, who you may smile on a day where they didn't feel like they could smile, where they didn't feel like they could do it. And when I watched that video, it just made me feel very emotionally, like, kind of, like, overwhelmed with everything because, like, the podcast, it, like, it's going great and I love it. and it, it is going really well. It's kind of slowed recently, but that's fine. And this is what we're learning to adapt to. We're not focusing on growth. We're focusing on impact. And I like the impact I'm having, so that's good. But, yeah, I don't know. That made me really emotional to think that I'm... This You've Got Mail could mean that much to someone. So what, as soon as I watched that, I burst out crying. Like, proper crying. Proper, proper, proper crying. Because then everything that I'd been worrying about and anxious about started to come to light. And I started to realise about how sad I really was about leaving home. And about, like, not living here anymore. And I know that sounds really silly. And I know I don't want to live here forever. I don't want any of that. I know it sounds silly, but it's... I get into my head this, like, the sadness of not living with my family anymore. It's not, it's not the fact of living at home... It's the fact that I won't live with them anymore and that I'll really miss them. And I'm very, 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 very fortunate and I know how lucky I am to have this, but I'm really close with my family and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and especially my little sister, because we've lived together for, like, I moved home after uni and we hadn't really ever lived together properly before. She'd been too young before and then I went to uni. So it was like a very, it was really nice to get that, like, closeness with each other again. And then the thought of the fact that, like, in five weeks, I'm leaving. Like, in five weeks, I'm leaving. And that, all of a sudden, everything got very real. Everything got very real. I got very overwhelmed, and I just cried, and, like, proper cried, and proper cried. And then the universe sent me a sign, as it always does, and it, like, for some reason, managed to disconnect my headphones, which has never happened before. Stop playing the song that was playing because it was a sad song. Stopped doing everything. And I kind of sat up, and I was like... <sighs> 
It's okay. Everything is okay. I am okay. It is okay. That's just growing. And it's sad. I don't think people talk about the big life changes. And I suddenly realised the anxiety that I've been feeling the past few days has just been this bubbling, bubbling, bubbling nervousness of this impending change. This impending change that's coming and is so important but it's tricky it's hard change is really hard it's not it's it's really it can be really overwhelming sometimes and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is really hard too everyone talks about I know how important self-growth is and everyone talks about how important it is and how great it is but I don't feel like people talk about how hard and uncomfortable it is and like actually genuinely really upsetting at points I know I have to leave home and I know I want to leave home and I know I want to spread my wings and live in a new place and all of this excitement but I also know that I feel sad for the thing I'm losing because of that and I think that's an okay part of growing as well. I think opening everything with open arms is great but also it takes moments of reflection to look at how far you've come and to appreciate what you're leaving behind and growing is this constant need to improve but sometimes you have to take stock and yeah kind of all came out and I realised I was really upset about everything, but I was unable to communicate that to anyone. And that's the main moral of this podcast, is guys, we're not doing that anymore. We're not not communicating. And I think my total irrational fear of if I communicate to someone why I'm feeling stressed that they'll lose the illusion of me that I've created is total bollocks. Is total bollocks. I'm not a fucking illusion. I'm not a magic trick. I'm not like something I've just managed to magic up. I don't wait go to sleep at night and like take everything off and all of a sudden I'm just this different person underneath I'm still me I'm still me I'm always been me I you've always been you you are you you're not faking it that is you that is you and you need to uh, like love yourself and appreciate yourself for being that person and I think I need to stop stop associating my anxiety and everything like that is in like that's like a weak side of me as if I'm like this split personality of one person's this really confident able like got a shit together ready to go and the other side it's like crumbling sometimes it feels like a shadow like I'll turn around and like that's the other half of me that no one really sees and it's a lot of pressure to maintain that very chirpy happy person but reality is they're not one or the other it's not sometimes you're gonna get that or that they're twined. they're intertwined you're both one and the same and you couldn't be really strong without having to go through hardship Okay, you can't have one or the other. It it doesn't work like that. You know what applies to this? My favourite paragraph from my current favourite book that I'm going to read to you right now. The book I'm about to read to you from is Moth by Melody Razak. It's honestly one of my favourite books. I'm going to discuss this in the new parts of the podcast because... I can't put it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And I want us all to read this. And if I had a book club, this would be the first book on it because it is one of the most beautifully written books I have read in in a ridiculously long time. But anyway, the paragraph that I want to read to you is, well, it's really more of a page, but it's honestly so applicable to this situation. And so it goes, cookie auntie or ma, what does it mean, psyche? I know it means butterfly in Greek, but what does it mean in anything else? Psyche is the Greek symbol for the human soul, says Ma, sitting up and spooling a length of thread back round its woolen drum. Like armour. Exactly. Imagine you cut a chrysalis open. What do you find? A caterpillar? A rotten caterpillar. The process of transformation starts with decay. Most people don't think about that. And then you have something beautiful, asks armour. But first you have something ugly, my love. Foul and fair always live together, replies Ma. And then you will have a butterfly who, for the struggling to get out of the chrysalis, for all its beauty, will only ever live for a few days, says Cookie Auntie. Beauty is ephemeral, agrees Ma, stroking the pale cream silk on her lap. And I love that because it's exactly as it says. As it says, foul and fair always live together. It's because you can't have incredible growth without incredible pain. Some of the strongest people I know are some people who have gone through some of the most struggles and some of the people who achieve the most in life are some of the people who struggle the most and it's just I think it's this idea that struggling doesn't make you weak and I know we always talk about mental health so much more now but I still struggle with the idea that telling everyone how I feel doesn't make me doesn't break the illusion and I know it doesn't and I don't want any of us to think that so yeah this podcast has kind of taken a turn. It's uh, been a little bit uh, of an exposing one. (laughs) 
we move, we move. I hope you, I hope you realise that if this is something you struggle with too, that it doesn't mean, it doesn't make you any weaker. It doesn't make you a weak person. It makes you one of the strongest people I know. And together, we're all going to be able to communicate our feelings better. Because that is my thing for this month, for the next few months. I don't think I'll be able to do it overnight. But I don't want to, I don't think it's fair on the people around me not to tell them how I'm feeling when they ask, not to be honest to them about how I'm feeling. They have to be able to trust in that moment when you ask that question that you are telling the truth. And I haven't been telling the truth. And so now I'm going to start. And as scary as that is, like letting people in when you feel the most vulnerable, because I think I'm scared they're going to hurt me or they're going to see how... I really feel and I'm scared that they'll think of me differently. I'm not like that anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. So yeah, I'm proud of you if this is something that you also struggle with and you want to do it too, but that's my advice on it. We'll do it together, guys. It'll be okay. It will be okay. Um, Yeah, it's been needing to happen for a while and it's been a constant work in progress. And let's be honest, I have not been doing it for many years many years. It was always my kind of go-to, but anyway, you probably don't want to hear me rant about that anymore. We should probably move on to the next part of the podcast, which is all the new things I've done this week. So the biggest new things that I've done this week is starting reading that book, Moth. I could not recommend it enough. Honestly, go and get it from your library, go and get it from your bookshop, run and just go and get it. As soon as I've read this one from the library, I'm going to buy my own copy because... It genuinely might be one of my favourite books that I have ever read. And I am not even close. I'm only on page 84 of 303. And I am nervous because it says the reviews on it are gripping, powerful and heartbreaking. What's heartbreaking about it? What's heartbreaking about it? I've not got to anything that's... Well, I have, but like, I feel like something's going to happen with the characters and I'm scared. Heartbreaking. Oh, God paints oh it's, all of the reviews just talk about how what a brilliant but painful book it is it's oh it's oh, I love just the way it's written the imagery in it the way she describes things the way she makes this world come to life so I'll give you a bit of a backstory this is the blurb Delhi 1946 Mar and Bapu teach at the local university their 14 year old daughter Alma is soon to be married but she is mostly insprinted she's mostly insprinted what was that but she's mostly interested in spinning wild stories about evil spirits for her little sister Rube times are bad for girls in India the long awaited independence from british rule brings unrest that threatens to unravel the rich tapestry of delhi and while partitions happen overnight ma bapu alma and rube are forced to find new ways to survive but the power of hope is an extraordinary thing Oh, and I can just tell that it's going to, oh, it's starting, like, I'm 84, I'm at page 84, and I can tell by 100, like, tensions are starting to rise. Initially, it was, like, really setting the scene of this beautiful, incredible landscape in India. It's just, like, beautiful. And now, shit's like, it's starting to get, it's starting to get more intense. And I, to say I'm not nervous is an understatement. And I've fallen in love with the characters, and I want you all to read it, so please read it. Other things that have been good this week, honestly... As it's only Thursday, to say I've tried many things is... is I, I haven't, to be honest. Work this week has been ridiculously tiring. And with the heat... I did swim in the sea, though. I swam in the sea for the second time this year. And I am proud of myself. I mean, was it 40 degrees? Yes. Should I be proud of myself? Probably not. That would probably be a normal thing to do. But no, it was lovely. And I did see a jellyfish. I did see a jellyfish. And that was kind of intimidating. But we move. It, it was a little bit of an unexpected... An unexpected underwater experience, shall we say. But I managed to read on the beach and that was one of my things for this summer. So that was lovely. Other things, I cooked. Mm. As I said, last week I've got into cooking. Last week's cooking was a step above this week's cooking. This week's cooking, I remembered how expensive ingredients are. And so I have been, oh, I need to warn you all against this food that I made. I've been using the, like everything I had left over in the fridge. And one of those things, so first off, I made a curry. I love curries. Like, I'm sorry, can you give me a more nutritious, delicious and cheap meal to make? A dal. It's delicious. Everything about it is delicious. Like a lentil-based curry. I put potatoes in it, tomatoes. Like, it was absolutely delicious. And I've got to the point now with curries because I made them so much at uni because they are so cheap to make. And especially because I always make veggie ones and they are delicious to eat. I got quite good at making them, so I don't even need a recipe anymore. Oh, oh God, did you just see that? That was 
totally irrational. Like, I saw a bit of my hair in, like, oh, so embarrassing. I'm so glad I got that. I'm like, oh, that's funny. I got this, like, I thought I saw something in the corner of my eye and now I'm kind of shitting myself, but I absolutely didn't. It was literally just my hair. Sorry, I have to take a deep breath then. I need to calm myself down. That was absolutely, oh, that was ridiculous. Do you ever just scare yourself? And now I'm scaring myself even more thinking about it. So we're going to move on from that. But yeah, curry, absolutely delicious. 10 out of 10 would recommend. The only issue was, because I put potato in it to bulk it up to make it more filling, I kind of made it more like a samosa filling. It more felt like it should be inside something, not really a curry on its own. It was more like a stew, a very thick, like it was not very saucy. It was a very thick because the lentils in it, but delicious and very filling. Then today I thought, you know what? Don't really fancy the curry. I'll use what I have in tins. One of the things I had bought whilst working at Sainsbury's, because you know, on my lunch breaks, I would just spend the time like working out what I was going to buy that night, really. I, that, that's what I thought about a lot and one of those things was this like veggie tuna that I'd seen I do eat tuna so why I thought to buy this I don't know but I was kind of curious it was like a tofu type tuna in a little tin I was like god that would be delicious if I could cut tuna out of my life and replace it with that good for me good for the environment good for the animals we'll try it oh I can't even describe to you how disgusting it was it was Honestly, I put one mouthful in and I'm shuddering even thinking about it. It was like an oily tofu thing. And it all went in bits bits, and it looked like, oh, everything about it was just wrong. And it was like a chilli tuna flavour. And they tried to create the texture of tuna by using like squishy tofu, which they'd kind of done. But they'd soaked it in oil. And I don't buy the tuna in oil. I buy the tuna in like the fresh water one because I do not like that texture of the oiliness. Oh, horrible. And so, you know, I thought, no, you know what, we'll mix it with the mayonnaise, we'll try and make something nice out of it. And I ate three mouthfuls and thought I was going to throw up. Genuine had a proper gag reflex. So, yeah, that is not... That, don't buy it. Do not buy fake tuna, people. It's it's not worth the hype. It's pretty foul, to be honest. Pretty foul. Things that are nice fake tuna alternatives. I've seen a chickpea one, you know, and thought that could be good. I've tried making coronation chickpea. Like like coronation chicken, but with chickpeas. That was delicious. So maybe I'll make that for lunch tomorrow. Who knows? But we should probably round off the end of this episode if you've now listened to me rant about my life for a good hour. But I hope you're having a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at you've got mail underscore pod, at TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. And if you ever have anything you want to send into the podcast, please let me know. Check my stories. I'm now hopefully doing a question and answer episode every two weeks or every week if I can find the time and so yeah I'm excited about that and make sure you stay in touch oh if possible also please can you give me a five-star review on uh these podcasts wherever you listen to it I was gonna say Spotify but you might not be on Spotify you might be on Apple podcast or Anchor but your support means loads and it means that loads more people can find me and if you subscribe you'll get notifications about any random extra episodes that I put out and also share this podcast with someone with your friend Share it with one person that you think you would enjoy it. Because if I, if each of you shared it with one person, I'd have 600 listeners a week. And that would be mad. How exciting would that be? We'd nearly be at 1,000 listeners a week. What a community of people that is. But anyway, I should probably leave you all now. I hope you've had a lovely, lovely week. And I'll speak to you soon. Love you. Bye.